Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. And welcome into Poke the Bear episode 81, the Phil Kessel episode. The Anton Bleed episode. Connor, before we started recording, there was another name you added to those three, to those two that I thought was great. I will let you say that person for number 81. The Miroslav Shatan, the, the famous Selly <laughs> in his final year in the NHL, right? It came out with a bang. That guy was awesome. Yes. He was so underrated good, good and pick like, up. great pickup. And I mean, obviously they, went, they didn't win a cup with him, but it was the year before and he was instrumental. Miroslav Shatan was great. He was he was such a complimentary player. Very good player. Tricks. Very good player. But I'm Evan Marinovsky. That is Connor Ryan. Connor, how are you? Evan, doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Are we get, we are both in uh, around Boston at least. We are getting another like is it a storm on Friday? People are listening to this it is, on Friday. It's, it's a definitely storm? a storm. Like I don't it's not uh the two feet of snow that we had last Saturday. My, my sister was getting married actually on Ooh, how last Saturday. Go? Uh, good. It, we did not lose power. Did not That's have good. any flooding. So it was on the, uh, not on the beach. That would be uncomfortable, but like right uh, on uh, the coastline of Gloucester uh, went very well though. You know, storm, everyone was there the night before. So we avoid all that made for some great, uh, great photos. It wasn't like one of those ones where you could do like the photos, like actually outside, you know, people do it like, there's a little few flurries. Like it was legitimately like like 60 mile per hour winds, <laughs> but it went great. Every, everything went well, um, and no complaints there. So we avoided the worst of it. And thankfully, this storm here on Friday is not going to be that much snow. I think it's like sleet. I think it's like a yeah. crappy commute kind of storm. But unless you're yeah. up in like, I think the Green Mountains is getting like two feet of snow. So if you go skiing, <laughs> which I know you are, you know, a big fan, that'll work out well <laughs> later on in the weekend. But as a whole, we should be fine here. This is the weather portion of the podcast. Well, I'd rather get the the, the big snow for skiing because I the reason I uh, messed up my face was because it was ice. You know, if I get some real nice snow, now we're cooking. So, uh, but it is happy to hear that the wedding went well, and hopefully uh, the weather holds off. Now, it will not stop anybody from going to Bruins games because there are no Bruins games coming up, and it's not due to COVID or anything like that. It is the All Star break, so it's a nice little little. Deep breath in, deep breath out kind of part of the season. I always, it's funny, you know, when I was younger, you would think for players, you'd obviously want to go to the All-Star game, right? You'd all, of course, want to make it. But then you see what the guys do who don't make it. And they go to, you know, the Bahamas or, you know, like these beautiful, warm Mm -hmm. places. And you think, you know, if I was in the middle of an 82-game grind, I think I'd way rather go on like a nice, relaxing vacation than go do like All-Star festivities. And this year it's cool. It's in Vegas. But like if it, like when it's in like Columbus or Minnesota, it's like, well... 
Do you yeah, really want to do not, that? Yeah, not great. No, I would much rather, even if you get that one game suspension, I would much rather just, you know, be on vacation. I don't have to worry about hockey. Like, it's one thing just to, like, all right, it's the all sets, like a three on three exhibition, what have you, make a few appearances, what have you. But it's another thing to just chill on the beach and not have to think about hockey at all, which must be yeah. very, very nice, especially for these guys. Yes. Oh, absolutely. But it comes at a good time for the Bruins because the last week or so, they, they have not played as well as they were beforehand. You look at, you know, you point to the Arizona game, the Seattle game. Those are both wins, but games that you, you'd like a little bit better of an effort. You have the, the Colorado game wasn't so good. Um, I'm forgetting a game in there. The Dallas somewhere. game. The, the Dallas, Dallas game. game. Today, yeah, that's, not that's, why I'm for, that's why I'm forgetting it. But it's funny because the last time the Bruins were on a long break, they came out like gangbusters. So... Is this, with, with this coming at a good time, can we can people expect a similar rebound uh, after this one? Well, it, you know, it, it's tough to expect all of a sudden they're going to win, you know, seven of eight or something out of the break. Especially, I think they open up with, I think, Pittsburgh and Carolina, which is Ooh. a tough draw to open it with. So, might not want to, you know, have your expectations measured there in terms of those two games of how they fare. But I think, as you said, though, it can only help this team in terms of not only just getting a rest and resetting the batteries and, um, you know, getting back to where they were before. Cause as you said, you look at that Arizona game and that Seattle game, yeah, two points is two points, but did you feel really great about those? Like it's kind of the situation. Okay. David Poston, I kind of bills you out. You get two goals against the Kraken, but it shouldn't have been that close. You let a two goal lead slip away. Uh, the Arizona game, thankfully, I missed quite a bit of it, which seems like I didn't miss much. All I, <laughs> you, I would check my phone. <laughs> I would check my phone occasionally during like the rehearsal dinner, and it'd just be, be, be people being like, "Yeah, they don't deserve two points. Like this game is if they keep up like this, <laughs> they're gonna lose this game." I was like, "Oh, all right. Well, good. Glad I picked one game not to watch during the regular season." So, I think having that time off will be great for the the players in terms of just being able to reset, get back to some of the areas of their game uh, that were slipping, whether it be. D zone coverage, uh, you know, switching up the lines, obviously losing Eric Howla for the last couple of games hurt them quite a bit, which I know that's an indictment on the Bruins that like you lose Eric Howla for a few games and the lineup gets put into disarray. <laughs> or maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's a testament to how well he's playing and how he's elevating that second line. Even though I will say, I think Nosek looked pretty good, uh, with, uh, Hall and Poss on it. Granted, you put most guys with those two, you'll probably look pretty good, but, um, but beyond just, you know, taking that break and, and refocusing your game and, and how much some time off just helps you there. It's also just the health component of it, right? Like beyond, um, guys being out injured, what have you, where this should help get on the list of guys like Frederick Felino, guys who are legitimately hurt, but, um, there's also guys who've been nursing plenty of injuries, like even Brad Martian, who's been back playing, you wouldn't say he was a hundred percent over the last week plus after, you know, getting slammed into the boards by Hathaway like that shoulder is still taking quite a bit of damage. So it's good for him that he was able to get some time off. Um, Charlie McAvoy's kind of got the crap kicked out of him the last couple of weeks. I mean, he, he blocked a shot against the crack and where he was on the ice for a little bit and was just like, he's like slam, slam the door behind him, getting back to the benches and a lot of pain. So for all those guys that are, dealing with plenty of bumps and bruises, this time off has to be great for them as well. That's why I, I go back to this. Like you look at, uh, you look at, you know, they wanted Mac to go to the all-star game because of the last vote in. And then you also have, you know, wide marsh and not make it. And it's like, you know, no, on second thought, kind of a blessing in disguise kind of thing. I, that's all right with me. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, and I think people kind of don't realize it. And obviously you want the honor of going to the all-star game. I get that. You want the recognition. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, why, 
why would you want to put yourself through that when you're nursing injuries and you got to recover a bit? But yes, the the schedule is not too kind to the Bruins uh, once they come out of the break. They have Pittsburgh, then two nights later they have Carolina, and they go on the road to Ottawa for a nice twelve thirty game on a Saturday, which is lovely. Great. Uh, then. They are uh, on the road against the Rangers, the Islanders, and then the Senators again. So they just kind of like do like a – they go in a circle uh, in in the north part of North America. Um, so uh, interesting slate they have there. But speaking of upper part of North America, Connor Garland, Vancouver Canuck, noted uh, pest is back on the trade market, according to Elliot Friedman. And it's funny, the Bruins were a team that was interested in him uh, last offseason, and they've been you know, interested in him. He's from Massachusetts. He's a Massachusetts guy. Oh, sure, you know, resident. Always. Spells his name correctly. That's it. Yes. Well, isn't it, it should be C-O-N-A-H. Kana. Uh, that no, is true. No be. one's perfect, perfect. but... Not, not everybody's perfect. perfect. Uh, but anyways, the Canucks are just selling off every piece of the, uh, of the wagon here, except for like Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. Uh, but Garland, it's an interesting name because, you know, the, you know, Garland went to the Canucks from the Coyotes with Oliver Ekman Larson and the Bruins were reportedly interested in Oliver Ekman Larson as well. So obviously there's Garland, but could OEL potentially be in this, uh, in this package if that's done? Uh, I still don't think so, even just because I still think that contract's such an albatross. And I think if you looked at, um, OEL's numbers this year, I think his offensive production has dropped quite a bit. Like, I feel like he's only on pace for like 15, 20 points over an 82 game span, but I think his defense has tightened up a little bit. So he's becoming more of just like a solid top four guy. So, I mean, it fits the bill in terms of what you're looking for, but that contract is brutal still. And that's one you're still tied to for long term. So, I think when Freeman mentioned that Garland was a guy that was going to be available, that comes off the fact that I think Jim Rutherford and that new uh, front office in Vancouver wants to move money out in other areas. You know, he even mentioned, uh, Freeman did, that Miller could be a guy that resigns, which is not good for the Bruins, yeah. right? Because we've talked about how you know good of a fit Miller is. So if they hold on to Miller and find other contracts to move out and Garland's a guy – um, I mean, it makes plenty of sense from the Bruins' perspective. There's a lot of, like, easy pros and cons to, to focus on. Like, for the pros, one, Gollin's not this guy who, even though he doesn't really have name recognition, which playing in Arizona for the first few years of your career, like, will do that to you. No one knows who the hell Crazy. you are. But he's not, he's not like some guy that you can only kind of discern the value off of you know, points per 60 or underlying metrics. It's not like an Andre Kasha where it's like, well, if he's staying healthy, you put him in the right spot, he's going to do really well. Like, I-, I was looking up the the stats for him. Over the last two years, he has two points fewer than Pasternak at 5-on-5 five five play. Granted, oh, wow. Pasta has, you know, the power play proficiency that brings him into that upper tier. But Garland's not like this guy who's like a plug-and-play guy for you know 35 40 points he could be a legitimate 20 plus goal scorer 50 60 points regularly um and it's kind of produced everywhere he's gone uh in the nhl so he's a legitimate value add and you look at where he fits on this team if you're able to acquire him who signed through 2026 uh cap under you know under five million of an annual cap hit which you're paying up a little bit but still for what he could bring you for the next four or five years seems seems pretty much worth it um it fits in right with where where you'd want him right because if you have david posternock stuck with taylor hall and insert second line center here and you have Garland with bergeron and martian 
pretty good because in the domino effect, you have Craig Smith back on the third line. We'll see how he does with Charlie Coyle. Like you look at like where the pieces fit, it makes plenty of sense. But then you factor in one, you know, it's going to cost an awful lot because for all the reasons we just said why he's a good fit, it's exactly why Vancouver probably wants to see what they can get for him because whether it be the production or that contract, we're going to ask for quite a bit. You're still looking at probably the same things we've talked about before with a guy like Miller, where it's first round pick a legitimate prospect, right? Like I still think you're looking at more of the Lori and Lysel tier than you are, you know, the trying to finagle your way with like, all right, we'll give up a first, but it's, you know, <laughs> how about uh, Jack Stanika, who again, I still don't know what his value is or Zach Sunishin. Like it's not going to be that it's not going to be Jake DeBrus because of uh, even if Vancouver wants to rebuild, they're still trying to move out cap. So they're not bringing in a guy who's due for a qualifying offer like DeBrusque. So you're going to have to give up quite a bit to get a guy like Garland. And then it kind of all goes back to the fact that is Garland a good player? Yes. Will he make you better? Yes. But is right wing like your priority right now in terms of an area where you need to improve on? Like if you get him, it's more of just a luxury that, that helps you out. Like you definitely helps you, but are you giving up a first and like a, a key prospect and ignoring, you know, the lack of depth down the middle or potential to add another guy on defense? It's all about kind of weighing where you want to improve. And even if Gollin, you know, helps you out this year and you have a pretty good top six winger group going forward, it's not going to help you much if you open up next year and it's Charlie Coyle and Eric Howell, your top two centers, right? So <laughs> David Craig is looking across the water like, wow, now they're finally getting wingers yes, I should have played with. <laughs> exactly. So it's one of those ones where he it definitely fits. He's a great player. And if he does get moved, I'm sure he's going to – I could see him going to a team like Pittsburgh. He's like the ultimate – if no one knew about him, he would go to Pittsburgh and just become like a point-per-game guy. Because that's oh, yeah. just how talented he is. It's just for the Bruins – it's not like you have, you know, if you had David Krejci here and you had like another defenseman or you didn't have a guy like Lindholm or Chutran wasn't available, you can settle on Garland and that's a great pickup. But you just look at the flaws of this team. And if, even if you acquire, if you acquire Garland and you're letting some of these other guys pass you by, you're setting yourself up for another big issue down the road because you just look at that 2C spot and it's just still, I don't know how you can go into the playoffs with Howell as your 2C. It just comes down to they, this team doesn't even have that much to trade away anyway. You would be giving all of your best assets up that you want to trade for Garland. You couldn't mm-hmm. do Garland and a 2C. So it comes down to you would basically just do Garland. Because we've said this whole time, you either can get a 2C or a top four left shot defenseman. You can't have both. Yeah. Right? you got to make some compromises in some areas. If you just go out and get a, a top six right wing, which you don't really need, yeah, you're prob- you probably can't also get a 2C or a top four left shot defenseman. So I think it comes down to that. It's like, that's not a need. Like if Krejci, as you said, if Krejci was still here, if this was even last year, mm-hmm. yeah, that like that's what they did. They went on and got Taylor Hall. But to me, I just don't, I, like I like Garland. I like him as a player. I think he fits the culture here. He'd fit the whole, how they play. But you don't need them. And right now you mm-hmm. just need to get guys you need. And that comes down to guys like JT Miller and Claude Giroux and Mark Giordano. Like that is the crew you got to be looking at. Um, but safe bet the Bruins end up kind of doing something big at the deadline, right? Kind of a safe bet. We're talking about really good bets, really safe bets. We're talking about our good friends over at Bet Online. 
Right you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to what color Gatorade is going to be dumped on either Sean McVay or Zach Taylor, (laughs) BetOnline is your number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. That's CLNS50. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline with a game stats. Stats. Where are the game stats? The Gatorade's an interesting one. I'm going yes. with uh, orange. I'm going to say orange. orange Gatorade. Orange. It, Gatorade. Well, if yes. it's the Bengals, that'd be fairly obvious, right? Oh yes. I didn't even think of that. Just went but orange is a good one. There. I feel like that's always like the dark horse. You always, you always expect it's going to be something vibrant. It's usually it's like it's like the the white frost cherry one. Don't or something off the white like cherry. That. That's my favorite game. It doesn't, but it, no, it's a good flavor, but it's not, it doesn't add the, the flourish of getting dumped on. It looks yeah. like it's just water. Yeah. No, I it's agree. With you. you need like blue, you need like cool blue or like glacier freeze. Yes. Or you need like something that's like, you know, vibrant, so to speak. Uh, orange would make sense. Blue would make sense for the Rams. Yeah. Um, I feel like red, I mean, granted, they all stain, but like, I feel like red would be tough. I, I don't know. Get, dump, dump, getting Gatorade dumped on me. Or water dumped on me. Kinda I don't sucks. know. It's, it's like that blows. What, you, yeah, you're about it's to not celebrate fun. and you're about to hug family and friends and you're just covered in sugary solution. Sports I don't drink. know. I, yeah, it's not great. Yeah. It doesn't no, seem like I, a I fun know. time. Like, there's, no. there's always the, the coach who like ducks out of the way. Good for them. Good, yeah. to, good to have your head on a swivel. You need that. Or like if Larry David was a coach, you'd be like, eh, nah, Yeah, exactly. Nah. Yeah. Mm. Throw it on like the, the defense. Hit, like, the line, throw, it on, throw it on the linebacker's coach. He'd intentionally lose just so he didn't have to get yes, the Gatorade back. Exactly. That would be kind of the thing that they would do. Uh, but yeah, Gatorade, that has never interested me. That's the only sport that does it. Um, basketball, if you did it on the <laughs> on the parquet. The operation staff would kill you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can't even handle sweat. Imagine no. like Gatorade. Um, but hockey, obviously, they're in suits. So it would be kind of terrible if they were like, hey, Bruce, and just <laughs> ruined an entire suit. Um, but anyways, we got off, uh, off track there. But speaking of um, – of fun situations. Uh, the goalie situation for the Bruins seems like it's right back at square one. Uh, Rask is injured. He's, you know, we don't really know what the status is. They're saying he's probably going to be back after the all-star break. Um, and then you have Swayman and Omar who are back hugging after the Kraken uh, win. That was, it seems like they're happy to be back together, uh, which I'm surprised. You know, it's funny. I think with the Brady stuff and the Belichick text messages and all these things, it's kind of overshadowed what sports radio would normally be talking about, which is they hate Rask. They yes. must hate Tuka Rask. Yes. So in some ways it saved us. But, uh, you know, what should we expect when Rask comes back? It's, I mean, it's a tough situation to navigate just because it's not like this is just uh, a situation where it's, you know, he pulled something and it's like, I'll give it a few days. It seems like they're kind of still waiting for this flare up to, to sort itself out. Bruce Cassidy mentioned that it's not like it's a new injury. Like he like, you know, has a groin pull or something like that. It's a lingering thing from his surgery, which is not great. You don't really want to hear that. Right. Um, so it seems like for them, it's kind of a waiting game as to when he gets back. And from there, it's what do you do going forward? Like, 
it sure seems like the easiest way to kind of navigate through this is uh, see if he agrees to like a conditioning stint down in Providence, which I believe you can do without passing through waivers. It's like a, a conditioning loan you can do through the CBA. So if he goes down there, plays two, three games, gets the rust off without having the risk of, you know, him rolling with the punches up in the NHL when you've got points uh, up for grabs. So if he goes down there and you give Olmark and Swayman a few more reps up here, seems like it's the easiest way to, one, see how Rask is, and to, you know, satisfy all parties for right now in terms of, you know, Swayman gets another stat or two maybe up here. Rask, you know, gets the rust off. And if Rask doesn't have it or if he's still injured, better to learn down in Providence than up here where you've got still valuable points up for grabs. Yeah, I'm for that. I think, and again, I think a lot of people look back and go, they should have just, because I think at the time when Rask's uh, series in Providence got postponed due to COVID, they just kind of brought him right up. And some people were like, why not just like keep him down there for a bit and like let him, you know, yeah. get them, get some rust off there. But then he looked good against Philadelphia. So it was like, oh, he all is well. And so I do think, uh, that kind of you, you are right back at square one in that sense. But um, I, I think, you know, if they can continue to just switch up Olmark and Swayman until Rask is better, I think you're good. I think the one risk is that when they come back, it'll be around mid-February. So that's, well, not mid, but February 8th is technically yeah. kind of almost mid-February. Then you have March and you got April and then it's May playoff times. Yeah, you got to start like getting this going here. You got to see who's going to be starting these games. And I think this does kind of hurt. Like as much as they're, you know, Rask is getting rest and he's not going to be playing, you know, 60 games this year. He's got to kind of get his feet under him in the NHL net. So I don't know. That is just another, I thought we kind of had the goaltending situation settled. Then Rask was hurt and they called Swayman out to Dallas. So um, certainly an interesting situation there. Now, uh, speaking of the second half, we have our second half picks for one player who we think needs to rebound. Uh, in the second half, I will let you take the honors. Who is your one player you want to see you rebound? Uh, I think it has to be Brennan Kahlo. I think you kind of just look at, and it's so tough to, you know, quantify or do like a deep dive into a guy like Kahlo, who's a stay at home guy, gets a lot of tough defensive assignments, not a lot of ozone ice. So if you look at like his course here or any underlying metric, it's going to look pretty shitty anyway, right? Because he's always in the yeah. D zone, like, you know, taking shots and, and what have you. So it's tough to do it there, but you just look at the basic eye test, whether it's him struggling to move the puck, get that first pass. He struggled with a lot of, you know, teams like Carolina that have a very, you know, frantic, fast-paced forecheck um, to just like uncharacteristic, you know, D-zone miscues and gaffes where it's leading to pretty, you know, cut-and-dry grade-A chances for the other team. Um, just things like that that are, you know, stick out for you on quite a few of his shifts recently. So I don't know whether it's a uh, – Lingering injury, obviously he dealt with his uh, injury issues last year as well, which you really hope have not carried over. But for a guy like Kahlo, who uh, is viewed as, you know, a key cog on this decor, who's, you know, one of your defensive stoppers, you just need a little bit better from him and kind of all areas of his game. But even again, you don't need him to be this, you know, breakout, breakout star or what have you. If he just gets back to, you know, simplifying his game and being that shutdown guy, make a world of a difference for this decor, which has unfortunately let the team out to dry quite a bit over the last few weeks. So for him, just getting back to his strengths will be key for this team because he really needs to kind of get back to some of his strengths because it's tough. you haven't seen kind of that prime Kahlo in quite a few, quite a few weeks now, if not most of the season. 
I was going to say the whole first half, it's felt like he has been yeah. less than uh, what we kind of expect from him. Uh, mine would be Charlie Coyle, actually. Uh, and granted, it's kind of the coaching staff who, you know, they put Carlo on the third uh, line and then they brought him up to the second line and they didn't even, you know, he didn't even put Pasternak with him. They moved Pasternak back up to the first line. So we kind of got shafted in a sense with, uh, with, with the, the line combinations. But still, you need to see a little bit more production from Coyle. You're kind of waiting on that from him. I believe he has like 20 points in 43 games. So a little more would be nice. Carlo would also be a pick of mine. I also mentioned Mike Riley would be someone who you'd like to see some more consistency out of. And you're seeing, right? Like you see those spurts where he's really good. I think you'd like to see that just more often. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think right now those are the guys who I would pick. You know, you could maybe say like a Craig Smith, mm-hmm. uh, but he's, you know, he's he's done fine on the first line. So he's been fine there i can't think of anybody else that i would uh yeah i mean rask <laughs> <laughs> you, you generally don't want your starting goalie to have an eight four four save percentage so that, yes. that would be key. but yes. I, I would agree with those guys definitely i think smith too i think also this time off should really help him because i think he's still been dealing with that nagging injury he had really early on in the year and again he's not going to be a guy that's going to be a 25 goal scorer but still i think he's on pace over like an 82 game stretch to i think being around like 26 points which is you know, you're looking at kind of that 15 goal, 40 point kind of threshold for him over a full season. So hopefully if they settle, you know, on him being at that top line again, this time I've really helps him get back to kind of his game and start bearing a few more chances. Cause again, they're going to need more than just the usual suspects to get this offense kind of rolling in the second half. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But so those are our guys. Those are our bounce back candidates for the second half. Uh, it's being the second half, Connor, what can people look forward to you for, from you in the second half? Uh, yeah, well, we're going to be looking at obviously a couple of breakdowns, uh, over, you know, looking back on the first half, we have a column going up today, breaking down the, the Connor Gallen, uh, you know, trade discussion and the pros and cons of that. Um, we revisiting our first half predictions, which I did a quick glance of those and holy shit, I'm going to have to do a lot of uh, writing oh, on geez, that. I that. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not great. So, uh, tune on to that for this weekend. Cause I'll have that up, uh, to, to laugh at. Um, and then going to the second half again, schedule is going to be ramping up. We'll hopefully be not all through zoom fingers crossed. Let's hope going forward. So that opens the door for more features, one-on-ones, all that kind of good stuff that uh, we love to do over at BSJ. So looking forward to kind of sharing more of that content with you guys. So all that stuff will be over at bostonsportsjournal.com. So subscribe to BSJ. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day.